loyal listener. I'm here. Allow me to apologise. We've been away for a while. Um, we have life has taken over as life tends to do. Um, if I were to try and recount to you what has happened in life that has taken over and stopped us from doing podcasts, I couldn't tell you a single thing that has stopped us doing podcasts. We just haven't. Okay, so I am. We are here to apologise for the fact that we haven't constant listener done any podcasts lately and when I say that we are here to apologize I mean that I am here to apologize because Stu couldn't be asked to come and apologize and told me I had to do it on our behalf so on our behalf I'd like to apologize for not having done any podcasts in the past few weeks that said a couple of weeks ago Stu and I got our act together and decided to go to the UK Games Exhibition Exhibition UKGE UK Games Exhibition that's what it was I was designated driver Stu was designated passenger and we thought why don't we um, do a wee bit of a road trip commentary um, with our iPhones. Cutting edge technology, bound to be fantastic quality. Let's do it. Cutting edge technology, maybe it is, who knows. Uh, fantastic quality, shit you not, no it isn't. But we thought we'd put it out there anyway to fill that hole in your life where we haven't been here to podcast and fill your mind with shit. So without further ado, um, I present you with a stitched together bag of shite, uh, which is about the UK Games Exposition, Exhibition, Explanation. Um, take it away, Stu and me. Bye. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Bold and Board Road Trip. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have, you, you singing all the way? I'm not singing all the way, no. So right. I'm, I'm, I've got my, I've got a load of some play, playlists on my Spotify, which are going to drive you nuts because oh, really? they're mostly acoustic, you know, there's no banging beats. Oh, sorry, has it got the Smiths? It has got the Smiths. Oh, thank fuck fuck for that. Oh, good, good. Yeah, we'll be right. I, I'm quite into folk music. Matt, oh, yeah. Matt Dayton is one of my favourites. absolutely love Matt Dayton. He's uh, the actor. No, no. <laughs> very good. Birthday! <laughs> yeah, we're all awake. So, um, in case you're wondering, because uh, I'm sitting here in the car, we're doing a, uh, uh, a I don't know, what, what, where are we? Uh, on a, I know we're on a motorway. Um, it's on the road. We're on the road. Winchester Way. Um, we're uh, zooming our way up to the home of Jasper Carrot, UB40. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Birmingham, I can't think of anyone who lives in Birmingham. Birmingham Football Club. Birmingham Football Club. Um, they call Aston Villa. Yeah, Aston Villa. Oroi Toski. <laughs> uh, so we're on our way to the UK Games Expo. Uh, so Steve, uh, I don't want to out you, but you're a, you're a virgin when it comes to this. I am a virgin, yep. So what are you most looking forward to? Um, getting there with and finding the car park probably is my first goal. We like to set the bar high. Oh no, we've got to meet, we've got to meet a dodgy geezer in the car. Oh yeah, park yeah, yeah. We've got to do a transaction on the way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Why wait to get to the expo before you can buy a game? Get one on the journey up, folks. That's how they do it. Exactly. Right, but we're going to. Right, we've just come to a fork in the road. I'm really. Yeah, I think you go to the blue one. 
Scooby-Doo. We're playing sat-nav the game. Yeah, right. Super the first right. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Roll for initiative. <laughs> anyway, we're checking throughout the day. Uh, Lord knows what the quality of this is going to be like. Um, but anyway, hope you're well. It's uh, 8 o'clock, which is unusual for me to be up and out at this time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, catch you later. Weirdly, the next bit really does sound like we were at uh, standing in a tube station uh, for the whole of this chat and interview, which I can assure you we were not. Um, so don't let it disturb you too much. Hopefully it won't distract you. Quality's not great. Just turn it up a wee bit and listen a bit harder, why don't you? All right, thanks, bye. So, Steve has just handed over some money, some money for some illicit goods. How have you found it so far, Steve? Uh, it's been good. Um, and my first purchase is a game that I already have. <laughs> <laughs> Very unlike you. I know, um, but I, I think I've got I've got a man in my pocket who is going to buy the version that I've already got so that I can uh, play the version that I've just bought from the guy. Excellent. And he bubble wrapped it um, because uh, he wanted to make sure it didn't get dinged in his bag. <laughs> <laughs> That was very good. It was. It was a good, it was a hope, good deal. Let's hope, uh, let's hope he doesn't listen to this. Listen to the podcast, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and cut. Well, we've, we've been very restrained so far. So we bought, so I have, I, I've got Bounty Hunter Core Rules book, uh, rule book, which uh, a diceless tabletop role-playing game. Looks rather cool. Why are you sticking the sugar out of me? Because you just put your mask back on and we're sitting down having something to eat. Yeah, but I had, I had my mask on when I started talking. To oh, see if it I see, right, okay. Now you've done your reveal. Do, do you know if it works? Well, this, I yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. And the uh, Slay Industry Second Edition Kickstart. So, uh, yeah, all good. It is. I, I've no idea whether I'm actually going to purchase something new or if I'm just going to walk around buying stuff of people who are standing on corners going, what about one of these? No, I think you should. But it's nice to see there's a lot of people here. I think there's a lot of people, but then I've never been before, so I've got nothing to gauge it by. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's this is it's smaller than other years, but it's just good to see people. And we're going to jump on and get some demo games later on. Yes, we are. excellent. We're looking forward to that. And uh, we've put some pictures up at some point on the Instagram. So I'm just going to check out for a bit. Say goodbye, Steve. Later. Well, just go, Steve. We're just gonna... Steve, you get to edit this all later, so I'm sure we'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, we're here at UK Games Expo, and uh, I would say that this kind of completely, we just happened to bump into Jonathan Hicks. It's uh, purely by chance. It's purely by chance. Uh, amazing that you managed to find us hanging outside the, the toilets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Easy target. Yeah, well, we choose <laughs> the best places <laughs> to do these things. Yeah. Um, so, Jonathan, thank you for coming and talk to us on the uh, Bold and Board podcast. No, thank you for having me. Um, it's great to see you here. Um, first thing I was just going to ask you, I know we've just been chatting before, beforehand, is, is how are you finding today at the UK Games Expo? I think they've done a really good job considering the fact that, you know, we're in the middle of a play. Uh, it's all nicely spaced out. It's not as, not as large as it used to be. Everything's nicely spaced out. There's plenty of room to move about and there's plenty of here to see. So, uh, yeah, they've done a really good job. Excellent, excellent. Is there anything that's kind of particularly taken your eye that you've kind of as a... Well, that's the thing when it comes to things like this, everything takes your eye. Yeah. And uh, if I could walk out with something from every single stand, I would. Um, the Modifius and the uh, Free Elegant stands especially, yeah. I've got some beautiful stuff on there which I really, really want. And the Thaneborn stuff as well. I've got um, Escape the Dark Sector, 
and now I'm tempted by a skeptical castle. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of stuff here. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff. I just haven't got a credit card big enough. <laughs> no, we know the feeling. <laughs> so are you here to, to promote the book? And are you here as purely... I came here as a fan. Right. I came here as, as a gamer, just to have a look around. Right. Any chance to get to talk about or promote the book, I will leave on completely. Yeah. Sadly, my publisher, Osprey Games, isn't here. Um, well, for obvious reasons, as, as are a lot of people. Um, so yeah, any chance to, to talk about the book, yeah. But okay. I'm mainly here, just to have a wander around, see what's new, catch up on, on news, meet up with people, and uh, hopefully walk away with a bargain or something. Excellent. Good. And the book in question is those dark faces, industrial science fiction role playing. Yep. So um, I will I will hold my hand up and say this is on my list to play, but <laughs> I is I have read it. I love to read uh, role playing game books, and then yeah. as a group we're fairly new to role playing. I did Gamma World and Dungeons and Dragons back in about 1983, 1984. Didn't play anything again until the pandemic. Oh wow! And then. We just started to play because we yeah. couldn't meet up. Yeah. Uh, things like Roll20 gave us the opportunity to play. So, can you give us a bit of background about what the book is yeah. and, and you know, about the setting and a, and a little bit about the mechanics? Yeah, well, it's a, um, well, as you said, it's an industrial science fiction role playing game because I, I grew up with films like Alien and Outland and Blade Runner, all those sort of 70s, 80s, really gritty, uh, blue collar kind of dark science fiction. And that's what I was trying to emulate with this. I've kept the system really, really simple, so you're just using a single, single D6. Uh, you just have to roll high, hit a target number. But then I've, I've added elements uh, to make things a little bit more tense. So if you roll less than the target number, then you failed. If you roll more than the target number, then you've succeeded. But if you roll dead on the target number, yes, you've succeeded, but there's always a, a caveat, which the GM, you know, it's up to them whether they act on that or not. So it always keeps the players on their toes. There's also a pressure system. Uh, which, as the game goes on, you build the pressure, you get more and more sort of stressed out, and then at some point you're going to pop, and either you're going to pass out, or you're going to have a reduction to your stats, or you're going to flip out and just start fighting everybody. So, um, basically trying to, even, even though it gives you that scope for things like Alien, put aliens and stuff in there and some strange creatures, it's actually more focused on just the, the rigours of working in deep space as an industrialist. It's a very capitalist future. Uh, it's basically just now, except for the spaceships. So, yeah, I've tried to focus on the aesthetic of things like Outland and Alien, rather than the content. But pretty much, the, the game is, the rule system is so light, you can learn it in five minutes, you can create a character in five minutes, you can buy the book, read it, and have the game ready to go within a half an hour. Yeah. So, it's, it's a very, very simple rules like that. And, it's, and it, I've kind of timed it just right, actually, because it's kind of perfect at the moment for online gaming. Yeah. Because you don't want a really complicated system for online gaming. If you want to do a quick one-shot, that's what it's good for. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, de I designed it for... I, de I designed it because that's my favourite thing. My favourite thing in the entire world is Alien. I okay. love it. That, the original movie, the way that it looks, the way that it feels, I absolutely love it. And that's where that came from. So what is... What is your background that, that made you do this? So you've been playing games for a long time? Or... Yeah, I uh, started gaming with Final Fantasy game books in 1983. I'm pretty sure most, yeah. most people did, most kids in the UK anyway. Discovered D&D in 84 and basically just went on from there. But I, was, I was very hit and miss with role playing for the first two or three years. And then in 87, the Star Wars role playing game, uh, right. game came out and that just blew my mind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, from, from then on, I was just solidly role playing, you know, did everything, every genre, every game that was coming out. Uh, I, I was hitting new trends, I was reliving old trends, all, yeah. I was just absolutely loving it from one minute to the next. And then in the late 90s, I started writing essays, just talking, to, for, my, for my own edification, just talking about um, games and what I enjoyed about them. 
I even wrote an article which was which was going to get published in Ar remember Arcane magazine back in the late yeah. 90s. Yeah, yeah. It was going to get published, but unfortunately the magazine folded. They were going to pay me 120 pounds. Wow. But the magazine folded before my article got published. Yeah. It was really frustrated. Yeah. So after that, I kind of just did fiction writing. I yeah. got published by the British Science Fiction Association. And then uh, back in about 2005, I wrote, I designed and wrote the missions for a Battlestar Galactica game. Which was a really good gig, and it got a lot of attention. It was like a mobile game. Really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And that gave me a bit of a taste of game design and what was what was good about it. Yeah. And then um, I started up interviewing people, interviewing um, games designers and games creators and publishers, okay. writing articles, and then doing reviews. And then I sort of built up that background. And then a few years ago, I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just give game design a shot. My favourite thing ever was fighting fantasy. Yeah. So I was writing stuff for advanced fighting fantasy. I co-wrote the the Stellar Adventures rulebook okay, for Aaron yeah. Games. And then I just wanted to, and this, those dark places have always been at the back of my mind. And then I thought, I'll just go for it. Yeah. So I wrote I wrote the game, wrote up um, a little, uh, wrote, did a write-up for it, and then just pitched it, and Osprey Games said, yeah, we'll do that. So, so this is really, like you're living the dream, this is your day job? No, it's not, unfortunately. Oh, I do have right. a normal day job. Uh, this this is still just a hobby. Um, right. So what is your day job? My day job, I, I'm just, I, I work in a warehouse. I do, right. I just do money work because I used to, because I, basically I just need a job to pay the bills. Right. And then I can focus, focus on this. I didn't want to do something that's going to take, I didn't want a full time career, yeah. otherwise I wouldn't be able to do this. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, well, what I do with this is uh, it's a lot more fun to be fair. And I wish I had more time to do it, but if I could do it full time. Yeah. Uh, there, there we go, there's, there's an advertisement for myself. If I could do this full time, please hire me. <laughs> because uh, I, I, would, I, would bang, I would bang games out like nobody's business. And is this the first book? This is the first book. Yeah. It's the first one I've had published. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's got off to a pretty good start. People seem to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I want to do follow-ups. So I've, I've already done a follow-up adventure called The Anacinamid Report, which is available now on Drive to RPG. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I picked that up. Very yeah. good. Which I'm pleased with. And I've released that on you lots soon. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I apologise in advance. <laughs> and I've also released a free supplement through Osprey Games uh, called the GM Simulation Expansion. Because in in, even though I talk about Alien and that sort of thing, my yeah. influence is there, there were no aliens in the Cold War book. You, you can include them if you want to, yeah. but uh, it alludes to it but doesn't include them. Right. So this Simulation Expansion, I've just included a few ideas and rules uh, and a few mechanic changes to include aliens of different kinds in your, in your games. And it's completely free, you don't have to pay for it. And you just add that onto your existing games to make interesting things with it. Excellent. And one thing that really struck me reading this, because um, as I kind of like said before, I kind of like, I read kind of a lot of books, don't get to play as many, which I think maybe is sort of, that might be kind of a normal role-playing game, uh, you know, game that's life. So we read a lot, we can't always get the games to the table. I think 90% of the books that I own have read but not played. Not played, yeah. And the thing is what I'd say with this, I mean, Exactly right. Being, being able to play it quickly is fantastic, but also the style in which the book is written. Yeah. The fact that it's written that you're sort of, you know, you're going through your your introduction um, session with like the company and sort of yeah. the way that even things like you talk about the case file, with the yeah. fact that how you divide the stats up. Um, it's really strong thematically. Yeah. Um, and is that something that uh, did you sort of prefer writing the theme or thinking about the me the mechanics that then supported that? It was theme first. Theme first. Um, the mechanics. The mechanics actually, even as simple as they are, went through quite a lot of playtesting. Yeah. They started out a lot more complicated than that. And then the more we played it, the more I was dropping things, thinking that's just getting in the way, that's just getting in the way, that's just yeah. getting in the way. I was concentrating more on the stories that I wanted to tell, which is why it's more of a narrative game. Yeah. The actual um, theme of it is because, I wrote it that way because 
I like to be entertained by the books that I read. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes I can sit down and read a rule book that's very, very dry. Yeah. It's literally just talking about these are the rules, this is what you do. And as great as the rules can be, sometimes it's, it feels like a bit of a slog, especially for the more complicated games. So that, I wanted to make it entertaining. I wanted to, so when you read it, not only are you entertained by the, by the book, you're also getting a grasp of the theme of the game as well. Yeah. And I, I, well, I have a lot to think that it succeeded. I know it's very hit and miss for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people said, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not really into the way that it's, you, you feel like you're being spoken to. When I, when I originally wrote it, there were moments where the narrator's kind of snapping at you as the reader. Yeah. Like, pay attention, do this, do that. Yeah. And uh, I remember one of the playtesters saying, I read it, John. It's good, but whenever I read the narrator talking to me like that, I imagine you talking to me like that, yeah. and nobody talks to me like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, it's little, so I had to tone that down a little bit. But yeah, I wanted to make it entertaining. I wanted to, with a few little silly jokes in there. But I wanted to maintain the atmosphere, so when you're reading it, as a player or as a GM, it maintains that atmosphere. And uh, yeah, that's why I wrote it that way. So, being someone who hasn't read it, my question is, is the book a framework or a skeleton that you can add so you can make it a murder mystery if you want to by laying something on top of yeah. it as the GM. Yeah. Or or right, so it's not it's not taking you from start to finish in an adventure. It's the framework and the world yeah, for that's, that's whatever you, the GM wants to apply to. Absolutely. And right, basically, right, it's, right. it's basically setting the it's setting the uh, well you said it you said it yourself. It's the framework. It's setting that standard, it's sort of telling you this is what the game's about and these are the sort of games that you can play with it. Okay. But I think I say quite early on in the book, you can do pretty much what you want with it. Yeah. Uh, the, the system is so malleable, you can literally just change it as you see fit sure. to make it work for your group. It's, yeah. it's such a simple system. Okay. So if you want to make it high adventure, make it a bit more Star trek knock yourselves out. Yeah. If you want to make it sort of aliens and have more guns and what have you, then yeah, up the strength of that a little bit, give them a, some armour and go for it. Um, it's designed specifically with that sort of dangerous deep space uh, work in mind, but yeah, like I said, the system's so simple, you can do whatever you want. Right. And is your, is your preference then for when you when you were writing this, did you sort of have that in mind from the start that you were kind of, in effect, going to put it out there and say to people, you know, this is how kind of my vision of it, yeah. but do what you want with it, and, and you specifically built that flexibility from the start, or did you start off with perhaps you said it was kind of, you kind of took bits out? Did yeah. that help it give the flexibility? It, absolutely. When I, when I originally wrote it, when I sat down and wrote it, it was very, very rigid. I was like, this is how it works, and this is how the rules support that to work. And that's why I was dropping lots of rules, because it was basically telling you, this is the way you play it, there's no other way of playing it. Yeah. It felt really, really rigid. And I don't like that in a role-playing game. Any role-playing game um, that I can read and think, I can do whatever I want with this. Yeah. But the so it was at this point that one of us uh, let's call him Steve, decided to prick around with his phone. We were both recording it to make sure that we managed to capture it. Steve decided he'd have a wee prick around with his phone and did something really stupid. Everybody lost their train of thought. Uh, so we stopped, uh, had a sip of water, regrouped and started recording again. I would just like to apologise to Jonathan. If he ever listens to this, uh, sorry for reckon about it will never happen again all right carry on uh, the way the game's designed the way that i like the game's design is that the fact that you can do anything with it yeah. and the west end games uh, star wars from 1987 written by greg costican he wrote it in a very casual manner yeah. but the way the book was written you could use it for anything i actually used that core cool war book even though it's written for star wars 
actually used it for all kinds of things. I used it for Alien. I used it for okay. Fantasy. Yeah. I even used it for um, Steampunk. You know what I mean? The system is so malleable, you can do anything you want with it. And that's what I did with this. Yes, it is focused. That's the way the game's designed is focused on that sort of dark sci-fi angle. This is why you've got the pressure walls and what have you. But you can take it and do whatever you want with it. And I even say that in the book. This is once you've paid for that game, yeah. that's your game to do what you want with it. Yeah. So yeah, you change it, you adjust it to suit your game style and your gaming group. And the system is so simple, it's dead easy to do that. I know well, I mean I know that we're quite excited to play this for those reasons. We're coming off the back of uh, you know, we're quite new some of the groups of role-playing games and this is very much gives you because of that flexibility, I think um, that's kind of a bit that's going to encourage more of that sort of role playing yeah. into it, um, sort of being able to paint in, yeah. work, you know, your story into there a bit more, yeah. and, and not be. We were talking on the way up, funny enough, about uh, so Steve was talking about trying to learn rules and worrying about things like uh, was it movement, time, passive time, and all yeah. that yeah. sort of stuff that, that feels like you should be able to understand it. Yeah. And I don't think books really explain it. Stu was just saying, well, look, it really is what you want to be. Yeah. You know, if a turn is five minutes, a turn is five minutes. Yeah. You know, if a turn is 20 minutes, then a turn is 20 minutes. Yeah. And I think I just got a little bit too fixated on that minutiae when, in fact, it's much broader than that. And, that's, the time. and that is something I was trying to avoid in the game because sometimes it really works for a game. There's certain systems out there where you want to be focused on that kind of, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of detail. But I find, in my, personally, in my games, that kind of detail can slow things down. Yeah. So there's nothing quite like building up a situation and it's getting tense and tense and tense and then suddenly it reaches a climax and then the mechanics kick in yeah. and then you're rolling dice, looking at charts, looking at table, everything slows down. And all that tension you've been building up for an hour, two hours, yeah, yeah. suddenly lost it's in, in charts and tables. I find that with quite a lot of games. With those dark places, it doesn't. You make a dice roll, you make a decision, you move on. You make a dice roll, it puts all the power into the uh, GM's hands. So there's no messing about looking at... In fact, I think there's only three tables in the entire book. Yeah. And even those you can just remember off the top of your head. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really fast and simple. It also gives the players impetus as well. They can make decisions as to what kind of rolls they want to make, what stat they want to use when they're making the roll, whether their crew position is going to make a, a decision or not. They can also decide whether the equipment that they're using might actually give you a bit of a bonus. And they can sort of add, oh, well, you know, I've got a medical kit, but that can be a plus one. I've got a tool kit, but that can be a plus one. Yeah. And it kind of helps, so they can get involved as well and sort of, you know, sort of push the narrative forward themselves. So sometimes I do find rules do get in the way of, of role playing. Yeah. Um, so in this game, I've just tried to get rid of all that. Yeah. It's, the rules are really light. In fact, a lot of people might be thinking they're a little bit too light. You know, I could do this myself in the bedroom. That's fine. Um, but I think it gives it a lot of flavour. Yeah. And I think that's, what's, uh, that's what really works for them. And here's the thing to think. If they're sitting in the bedroom thinking this is a bit light, you've got their money already. So who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I would apologise, but yeah. I've got to pay for a car. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so do, you, do you find then, I know that you said you've got other ideas and stuff that you're working on, which is branching off from this. Yeah. Are you also in the background working on stuff which is totally separate from it? Yeah, I'm working on other, other stuff. I'm working on other stuff with other publishers. Um, I've got a game coming out later in the year for uh, Against the Dark Master, uh, an adventure called Legacy of Blood, yeah. which yeah. they keep teasing me with the artwork from. Uh -huh. I'm getting really annoyed because I just want to see the whole thing now. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Warriors as well for Serpent King Games. Uh, there's an adventure coming out set in Thulangs that comes out at the end of the year with a bit of luck. Uh, and then I've got other projects going on. One I'm not allowed to talk about, and one which is a personal project. No one's listening. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, George Lucas got into it. <laughs> no, um, 
the other one is a um, I do some streaming online game streaming with a um, some Twitch streamers called Infinite Monkey Tales. Okay. And so we're doing some live playtesting of a new game system that I've, uh, I've done and building up a world around it as well. So I'm going to kind of create and build that world and system as we're streaming it. Right. So, right, so right. loads of people can just come in and say, well, actually, what about this? What about this? And get lots of ideas from lots of different people. And I thought it would be interesting as well, instead of just going on and watching a live stream of somebody playing a role-playing game, yeah. I thought it would be interesting for people to watch a live stream of a role-playing game being created. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. So I've actually created the system, the base system, based on the D12, because D12 is my favourite guys. Right. <laughs> it is the best guys. And uh, there's no argument about that, sort. <laughs> and it's based around a D12, and yeah, we'll just, we'll just build it as, as, as we play it. Okay, so my next question then is, has the publishing of this boot given you the traction to do those new things that you're doing? Yes, for sure. Right. Um, having that under the belt, if, any aspiring game designers out there, I will literally just say, just get out there and get something written and get something published, even if it's self-published. Yeah. Uh, look and don't start, don't aim for the big guys. Go for the smaller publishers, the small independent guys, people that you can work with personally. Because publishing this book has yeah, it opened a lot of doors. Right. I mean, when I was writing for Fantasy Fantasy, when I was doing the adventures, yeah. and uh, and I wrote that book, that in itself sort of helped out. It, get, it gets you recognised, sure. and people sort of say, "Oh, you wrote that book? Oh, that's that's, that's nice." Uh, but this has been this has been really big for me. Right. And if I could do it, like I said earlier, if I could do it full time one day, then yeah, that, that's the dream. Yeah. But um, well, we're hoping that basically everybody who listens to this will help you with that dream by, pick, <laughs> by picking up a copy because it's it's extremely reasonably well priced. Yeah. It's a beautiful production artwork. I've got to say the it's, artwork by Nathan Anderson uh, is absolutely stunning. It's, yeah. It actually it grabbed the aesthetic of what I was looking for. Um, I, there was virtually no art direction from me. Um, basically, what he wrote is, is what, what, sorry, what he drew is what I got, and I couldn't, I couldn't be happy with it. It's, I mean, it is. It's, it, I mean, I, in general, the Osprey books I've been really impressed with recently. The, the, yeah. the, the, the production quality has been fantastic, and this yeah. is this is no exception to that. Yeah. Um, so what I am going to do, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit, yeah, but it won't be too bad. <laughs> so we have like a regular thing that we do called the hobby jobby. Okay. Right? And essentially what we're going to do is ask you, is there anything, now we've, uh, anything that annoys you about the hobby? So we've, we've run, uh, what have we done? Cling film, uh, games, board games that have three player minimum, that yeah. fucks me up. <laughs> <laughs> You've upset a couple of people here today. I was about, yeah, 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 yeah. about to say, don't say that out loud. <laughs> so basically it's something that, that it, within the industry annoys you or you would like to see change flush it down the toilet. Oh my lord. That is on the spot. It can be anything. It can be meeting strange people uh, at benches, outside toilets. I know, I've got two things. Unsolic okay. Unsolicited advice. Okay. I had an email recently from somebody who, I don't know who they were, uh, but they sent me a message via Twitter with a link to a bad review of one of my products. <laughs> oh, and nice. basically just said, hi there, what do you think of this? Why did you I, send me that? I told Steve, I told you not to do that. <laughs> it's like, why, why would you do that? I don't, yeah. I don't want to read reviews, good or, oh, well, I want to read the, the good reviews, of course. But I'm not fussed about reviews, I will find reviews in my own time. Yeah. So, if you do that to, please, please don't get in touch with creators and tell them what's bad about what they do. Yeah. Or yeah. point them in the direction of stuff which you think is going to wind them up. And I don't understand, I'm, I'm sure with some people there's probably good intention yeah please just don't especially with me i don't like it yeah and the other thing i don't like is gatekeeping yeah I cannot stand gatekeeping you cannot tell anybody else how and why they should be playing their game and whether they're welcome in the community or not yeah. that isn't 
Well, sorry, that yeah, absolutely. We've, we've had a few of those. Haven't we? That yeah. absolutely winds me off. When, yeah. I, when I see a thread, somebody wants to play, I don't know, a, a pretty blue elf, you know, with low hit points, but yeah. they're more interested in the character than they are in the stats. Yeah. And then somebody comes along and tells you, well, you can't do that because. What, what are you doing? Yeah. If you don't like it, imagine it away. It's a game of the imagination, so try using that a little bit and, and keep, keep it to yourself. Yeah. No, nobody's interested in your opinion on that. Very good. So it's just that that winds me up. That's one of the reasons why I backed off social media a little bit. Yeah. Because especially on role playing Twitter, right. I find myself getting wound up yeah. more than I'm enjoying it. Right. I only go on there for news and publishers talking about stuff. Yeah. But then I'll read something and I've, I can just feel my blood boiling. And I, I, I just back off and I say, I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. And I don't know, and, and I know for a fact that some people do it because they're looking for attention and they want that attention. They've obviously got something of their own to, um, to promote yeah. or they're appealing to a certain base to, to buy their products or, you know what I mean, a bit of a dog park. Yeah. And it's like, just just stop it. Just just don't. Nobody's coming, when, when things change in the hobby, nobody's going to come around your house and take away your books and your dice yeah. and tell you that you're never allowed to play that way again. Yeah. That, if you can point me to an instance where that happens, yeah. then I'll be outraged about that as well. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. Yeah. Play your games, enjoy your games, and make sure the people that you play with are enjoying it as well. That's all you need to do. Perfect. I'm sorry, I went off a bit of a rant there. No, it's all right. Yeah, I was waiting for us to get on to, uh, to TSR, but we, we won't go there. Not Please today. don't. We no. won't go there today. No. We, um, so just want to say, just want to say thanks for for uh, dropping by and visiting us at the uh, the commemorative Bolden Board picnic bench that we've uh, we've accosted for an hour or so. So what, what's your plans for the rest of your day here then? Uh, I'm going to have a wander around, uh, have another circle around, so hopefully bump into some more people. I'm going to go over to Fire Ruby Designs with Greg Saunders, who I wrote the Bridgetown supplement for, for Warlock. Okay. And I'm going to buy a hard copy of Warpstar. So I've got it in PDF, I haven't got it in hard copy. And that's, some, that's my recommendation of the day, actually. Warlock. It's old school, Warlock. 1980s. Um, it's a cross between Fighting Fantasy and, and Warhammer, usually the D20. It's, uh, it's a really, really good game. It's really well, it's, it's laid out by an old, like an old school, 1980s design. Uh, ah, oh, where were you? It's, it's literally, it's, I'm pointing, it's literally just over just there. Just over there. Yeah, well, it's a really nice, there really nice well. guy. Yeah. If, if you do buy it, make sure you buy a copy of Bridgetown as well. Bridgetown as well. Because it's really good, and I wrote it. Okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I'm just going to have a bit of a wander around, hopefully come to some more people. Excellent. And then uh, get a nice long train journey home and have a beer. Brilliant. I like the fact that someone who name-checked aliens has got a second name, Hicks. Yeah, uh, mate. But we'll stop there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me so much street cred in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> I was so chuffed about that. What a, what a film. <laughs> Enjoy your hobnob. Oh, thank you very much. Brilliant. So, thank Thanks you very much. much. No, no, thank you, guys. Take, Take care. care. And off he went, probably thinking, what a tit that guy was, that Scottish bloke, what a tit. Um, I'm going to have that beer now because it was the worst experience of my life. But thank you very much, Jonathan Hicks, for giving us your time. Um, we still haven't got around to playing the game. We are going to be doing it very soon. Stuart is in charge. Stuart, get your arse in gear and get it sorted. On to the next stuff that we spoke about. I can't even remember what it was. Let's just hit the play button. All right. So, uh, welcome back. Steve is going to explain. This is Steve explaining the game to us. Jesus, penis. Honestly, there's nothing like the pressure of <laughs> taking out a small box game and realising you've got to try and absorb and explain the rules all in one go. Um, I get nervous about this sort of thing at the best of times. <laughs> I'm doing a shit job. I can't even work out you're how doing, to orient the titles. You're doing a, you're doing a marvellous job. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Listen to the sarcasm. I mean, everybody finds this playing snap right. It's difficult. <laughs> Twat. Um, are you seriously going to record yeah, this? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to gonna say how, how's your date been? It's been all right, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. I'll put the rules down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, obviously, having never been before, it's a wee bit different. According to you, it's different from what it normally is like. Yeah. Um, but... You know, walking around the hall, I think for one day, there's enough to, yeah. to take your one day up or whatever, three quarters of a day that we've been here. Um, the show that we went to see, um, which you got the tickets for, uh, which was called... The Dark Room. The Dark Room was bloody brilliant. John Robinson. Really funny. Robertson. Robertson. I call him Robinson. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of B.A. Robertson. I can only, no, I can only <laughs> remember that his name's John Robertson because that's the name of the MD of the company that I work for. Oh, there we go. Spelled differently. What did he? Does he dress the same? He doesn't dress the same, and he's nowhere near as humorous. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We, we will cut that. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case he Look, listens to sorry, the podcast. John. Sorry, John. Uh, you're without, a, you're a fine, you're a fine CEO. <laughs> you're, you're apparently you're not that good a comedian. So, next company Christmas do. <laughs> Leave but, it to the professionals. But I, yeah, I thought that the um, I thought the show was brilliant. Very um, Rocky Horror in its call and answer yeah. or call and response type thing, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and people in a darker room not being frightened to shout <laughs> out like small juvenile fucking people, <laughs> especially the guy on my left. Yeah, he was loving it, wasn't he? He was loving he it. He was proper roaring next yeah. to you. There is no, there's nothing worse than people who get into that sort of thing and either call out something inappropriate yeah. or are so excited that they just call out all the time. Yeah. And the, you can tell that the person who is trying to be the arbitrator <laughs> or the, the comedian is just getting fucked off. Yeah. But it was brilliant. It was really brilliant. And I would recommend anybody to go and see it or watch it online. Yep. He said he does a Twitch. He does. Is that he right? does, yeah. And he does, um, every so often, he does that online as well. So he does it as an online show. Right. Um, obviously, because of the pandemic, he wasn't touring anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, and that's quite good because he, like, you can vote in the little chat box. Okay. So we will, like, pick on someone and you all vote and you yeah. kind of do a collect thing. Yeah. And he plays it out. So, yeah. Um, he does a load of other stuff, like people dare him to do stuff, like... Okay. So, you can imagine, he's kind of a... Quite an eccentric, exuberant character, I think it's fair to say. He, he, his delivery reminded me of someone, and I cannot think for the life of me who it was. He reminded me a little bit of um, the guy who's in Lord of the Rings, uh, and also in The Matrix. Um, Oh, uh, uh, Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Weaving. Yeah. yeah, he was a bit like him. Yeah, because he's Australian. Well, Hugo Weaving yeah. is Australian, isn't he? Yeah, they both but, are. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but uh, he he also had the the long white hair, oh, yeah, which true. was elven. Yeah. Um, lustrous elven. And and, and shoulder hair. pads. And shoulder pads. Yeah. And a basque. And uh, yeah, yeah, which um, was. Uh... But very funny. I really, it takes a leap of faith to swing. Uh, a plastic bag of beans <laughs> around as you run up and down the aisle. <laughs> that was very good. No, hoping that the bag's not going to split. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, no, funny. It's pretty, really good. And to me, it's, it's like I've said to you before, this reminds me a bit of the Sunday of this normally. Um, 
a little bit quieter than normal, but you know, we're, we're sat in the open game room and it's pretty busy. You know, it we're is. in a big hall and it's pretty busy. People have bought games they're playing them. People have been walking around having a good time and you know, it's all been good to see. Yep. You know, for all the naysayers who immediately came back and went, well, it's not like other years. No, it's not. But you know what? It's better than last year because we're all here. Yep. So. And you know, people are wearing masks. Everybody seems to be on board with all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's been great. Yeah, I think it's been good. We've managed to actually sit down and play a game. We played Bandido. Bandido. Which we just picked up today. Um, played it twice. Played lost it twice. first. Lost first. One, One second, second time. time. Yeah. But it's a, it's a really cool little game. It's just a pack of cards, and you've got to try and block off all the routes from a bandit trying to escape the jail. Really super simple but surprisingly how much you've got to think about what you're doing. You've got to play strategically. It's the first time we realised that if you put all down your exits, uh, all the closure to the exits, play them too early, you've got no way of blocking anything. Nope. So excellent. And we're just, just about to play pocket sub, and I, and I was going to embarrass Steve by making him read the instructions on microphone. But of course all that would have happened would would have been, we'd, uh, we'd have gone silent, which is shit for podcasting. We could just beep it out. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we're going to do this by a mime. You have to tell us what it's like. Might come back and tell you uh, what the game's like once we've played it. Yeah, we're going to check out for a bit. So, uh, And that's people giving us a round yeah. of applause thank you, thank you. for delivering uh, thank you. the podcast. Thank the you very much. Thanks. Cheers. I think, actually, I've got a feeling that's the guy who's just won one of the championships. We're so, here all week. Yeah. No, we're not. Oh, look, he's won a spoon. He's, there we go. Do you know Excellent. what game it was? No, I don't know, but he just won the wooden spoon, so I'm guessing he's just lost to whoever is sat down. So, <laughs> fair dues. Right, anyway. Right. This is Chocker Bloke checking out. Bye bye. Right? Yes, uh, be bold. Be, no, hold on. Stay bold. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Be One, bold. Two. I'm bold. <laughs> You're bold. <laughs> Everyone's bold. <laughs> bye. And then we thought we'd wind our way home, uh, weary. Um, box laden, uh, full of junk food. Um, having had a great day, it was for me. It was um, it was a nice introduction to the thing. Not too overwhelming. Stu's already planning next year. Uh, he's imagining it's going to be a three day weekend when uh, he's just playing games and eating pies, drinking beer, playing games, walking around, eating pies, eating pies, drinking beer, playing games. Um, we'll see. Uh, I can't wait. Sounds really exciting. Not so sure about topping and tailing in a double bed, but there you go. Um, I'm 55 years old. I think I might just be saving a wee bit of extra cash and having a room to myself. So we'll see. Anyway, we had a wee chat on the way back home. Um, we were chatting so much, in fact, that um, we missed at least two turn-ins. Um, even though I've got a sat-nav in the car, we missed two turn-ins and uh, ended up taking a bit longer to get back than we thought we would. But back we got, we did get something. Anyway, this was the last chat. Thanks. So here we are, uh, Steve, on the way back. It's now... 22.39, yep. we are full of snacks and shit and uh, games. Yeah, the boot is full of games, we've played games, we've talked games, smelled games. Oh, yeah. Actually, I will say, right, and it genuinely, um, 
that's probably the sweetest smelling Games Expo I've been to. I knew you were going to say that, yeah. but I think it's because you were still close to me all the time. Well, it's, it's, you and do, I just kept dabbing myself. You do with, smell uh, beautiful. Oh, the man. Yeah. You dab yourself with man smell. <laughs> oh, the man, yeah. <laughs> but um, I was, um, I, actually it was quite a good effort, so um, although the toilets were particularly ripe all day, well done. Until the, uh, until until the, the very end of the day, yeah. they smelled perfect. They did, they were beautiful. But um, what I thought was really good is, I can't remember what time you left, what, nine-ish? Was it about that? Half yeah, nine, maybe, yeah. The open gaming space, still loads and loads of people playing there, yeah. having a good time. Yeah. Um, the board game rental, still going strong. Excellent. A grand day out. So. I guess we're going to sort of wrap this up and go, we'll say goodbye and say, well done to UK Games Expo. Yes, well done. Delighted to have you back. Looking forward to going next year? Uh, absolutely, and maybe make it an extended stay next year. Come and, come and do the hotel and get the Alan Bennett impressions at 3am. Do, do, do you know what, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I'm comfortable <laughs> sharing um, the room after the tears you've told me. Well, I might just take um, on the mantle of... Uh, the, the senior citizen and just get myself a room and uh, mug you boys <laughs> off and you know you do what you do break beds and shit like that throw TVs out the window and, oh um, we haven't done that yet yeah. I'll just meet you down in the foyer every morning you'll be the sensible one I will alright well it's going to be some time to go sleepy bow guys hopefully not while we're driving no well not me so, anyway yeah. I'll be alright I'll start snoring in a minute so. you see that can in front of us it looks like a skiddy Oh, it does look so eyes. I like it. Headlights. Oh shit. The headlights are in trouble. On that bombshell. Right. Stay bold and don't fall asleep. Bye, y'all. And that was it. A great day was had by all. Although. The following days, um, I managed to get myself pinged and Stu didn't get himself pinged, which is weird because he was clinging to my upper arm like a man was it for most of the exhibition. Um, so you would have thought if I'd got it, he would have got it. I've got a sneaking suspicion it's got something to do with um, phones and um, settings, but I couldn't possibly comment. Well, I just did, but I'm not going to say any more because don't want to call into question the man's integrity um, but I think he did so I just say he was off change them or do something anyway um, we as, as as the Bald and Bold Collective um, as slightly ageing men more ageing than Stu like to try and keep our fingers on the pulse you know we like to think that we're down with the kids like to make sure that we know um, what's going on in the outside world because when you play board games sometimes you can be pretty blinkered so we thought we would ask um a young man on the street, well, Stu thought he'd ask a young man on the street, not even on the street, probably in his living room, uh, what he thought the future of board gaming was, and this is what he said. So here we are at the uh, UK Games Expo. Uh, I'm here now with a young man uh, called Will, who tells me he's a big, big fan of customizable card games and role-playing games. Um, so, Will, uh, would you like to tell us your, your favourite game? Um, my favourite game is FIFA. FIFA, okay, that sounds really interesting. And um, is that a board game, a card game, role-playing game? Perhaps you could explain a bit more. Uh, it's one of them. 
Okay, that's very interesting. So tell me what you think the future is for board games and role-playing games. Uh, they will all get burnt and put in landfill. And, and why are they going to get burnt and put in landfill? Because they're right of trend. They're what, sorry? Out of trend. Out of trend. Um, so what is trending then at the moment? What's trending? Yeah. Everything but board games and role-playing games. Okay, well, thanks very much for spending some time with us today. And take care.